one of the things we talk about a lot is return on mission versus return on investment. It's not just about, you know, I'm going to invest this money here. I'm going to do a conference. I'm going to do a mastermind. I'm going to do a course. It's not about what is this investment, this financial return going to bring me, but the mission that God's given me in helping people discover purpose and connecting people with other people they need to know in order to really dig and mine that purpose out of them is an unbelievable call to be able to do that. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug in to your new world here. Let's dive in. I am here today with a man that is on a mission. And the first time I met him, he captivated me with his heart, his integrity, and his passion to serve others. Ken Joslin is a world-leading former pastor turned real estate mogul, leadership development coach, author. He's having events. He has an amazing podcast. But he's also a friend of mine, and I'm so excited for you to be inspired by him. Ken, thank you for being here. Man, I'm honored. I mean, anytime I get to come to California, that's a win. If I get to hang out with you and Jake, that, that's, a, that's even a bigger one. Thank you for being here. And I truly mean that. Like, from the moment I met you, like, you meet a lot of people in the business world, and there's depth, like, so much depth. And since the moment I met you, we've both been on these journeys, of course, as we all are, and you've always been there. And you've always been somebody who has pushed me to even grow in my faith even more, which I would just want to tell you, I appreciate you. Yeah, Connor. Yes, great. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, the number one question I get when they talk about faith or they talk about business, they ask me, because I pastored for 12 of the last 25 years, is do you miss pastoring? Yeah. Do you miss being in a congregation, in a church every Sunday? And I'll be honest with you, my answer is always the same. I get to pastor more people and coach more people and help more people now than I even did before. Yeah. And it's and it's it's amazing to be able to lead business leaders and entrepreneurs. Really, we call them our core five, faith, health, relationship, business, and finances. What does it look like? That's the those are the five pillars that make us up as human beings. And it's an amazing opera. It's an amazing, um, it's an amazing blessing to be able to walk people through yeah. those areas of their life and just watch them become the best version of themselves. Oh, so good. Now, what was that transition like? I'm I'm trying to figure this all out. Like, how long were you a pastor? What does it look like to say, like, I want to be an entrepreneur? Was there pushback from people? Did you have to, like, mentally deal with that? Yeah, so out of the last 25 to 30 years, I spent half of that in full-time vocational ministry, pastoring churches, planting churches, the other half in real estate. So, and it was about a five or six-year period in ministry, about a seven or eight year period in, I was one of the top mortgage brokers in the state of Georgia, from about 01 to about 08, 09, when everything blew up, back into full-time industry from 09 to 2016, and then 2017, back into real estate. Um, and that's when I've been doing that all the way up until about two and a half years ago when COVID hit. 
still doing real estate, but I launched our Grow Stack Drive brand and started helping business leaders build confidence, gain clarity, and create community. And it's been an unbelievable ride. And with what we're doing in the in the marketplace with business leaders, um, it's it's an absolute blast. I, I I literally I pinch myself in the morning. I'm like, I get to do this. Yeah. Like, am I working today? No, I'm like, I get to hang out with the people I get to hang out with. I get to I get to impact lives the way we impact lives. One of the things we talk about a lot is return on mission versus return on investment. Mm, so it, it's not just about, you know, I'm going to invest this money here. I'm going to do a conference. I'm going to do a mastermind. I'm going to do a course. It's not about what is this investment, this financial return going to bring me, but the mission that God's given me in helping people discover purpose and connecting people with other people they need to know in order to really dig and mine that purpose out of them yeah um is an unbelievable call to be able to do that yeah that is one of your superpowers i mean i remember like the day i met you you introduced me to a couple of people like straight away and like you just have that gift of connecting people and then identifying their strength mm. so major what was your upbringing like Ooh, that's a long story um born in detroit parents got divorced when i was eight years old uh, mom moved us to georgia uh, second grade, from sixth grade to my senior year of high school, I moved back and forth to my dad six different times. Six wow. different times, 12 schools, six different high schools in, in 12 years. And, you know, we've talked a lot about our journey, not just our faith journey, but really what we're looking at on our inner healing journey and who we are as human beings. And, and one of the things that's really been my aha moment this past year at 53 years old was really uncovering kind of what that sixth grade through 12th grade, the impact and effect it had on me when it came to trauma. And so I went into my, one of my therapists about a year, almost a year ago, about 11 months ago. And I sit down with Maxine. She's amazing. I tell people she's like a mild version of Medea. She's a late fifties year old black lady who don't put up with no shit. She's yeah. funny. I love you. walk in and she'll call you out on your stuff in about two seconds. And uh, we walk in and I share, I share that exact same story with her. And she looked at me and she goes, Ken, why did you move so many times? I said, Maxine, I didn't have a choice. Right. I said, if I ever got in trouble, my mom would say, go pack a bag. I had 24 to 48 hours. I was on a bus, a plane, and my dad was on the way to pick me up. Oh, my gosh. And she was, I'll never forget, she's right. This was, I've had two aha moments in my entire life. One was when I gave my life to Christ in August of 93, and the second one was this. She's writing in a notebook, and she looks up at me. She goes, why in the world would you want to move? And I told her that answer. She started writing in her notebook again, and she looked at me, and she goes, well, how do you think that's had an effect on the relationship with all the women in your life who are supposed to love and protect you? And I immediately was like, oh, my God. Because I literally took myself back three weeks to a relationship with a woman that I loved very, very much that I was dating in Northern California. We, she picked me up at the airport. We didn't even make it out of the city of San Francisco. Had an argument. I said, pull the car over. I got my bag and I left. And so here was a 53-year-old man living out the trauma of a 13 year old boy yeah. saying now the woman's not going to tell me I have to leave I'm going to leave before you tell me mm. and here I was walking that out so I literally have spent the last 11 to 12 months learning about that trauma mm. how do I how do I control my central nervous system how do I learn to respond versus react yeah and how do I how do I properly deal with that wow. so that's not something that affects my relationships right before. I love that you're so vulnerable to share like this recently happened and it's like really asking you about your upbringing and those traumatic experiences. Like we're leaving fight or flight. Yeah. It's like 
I'm just going to piece out the deal. And that's yeah. very similar to me yeah. with how I grew up as well. So it's like mirroring yeah. because when it's probably why we commit the way it, we can. I truly believe it because we're like, Oh, I see your wounds. I see yeah. your stars and I identify with. Yeah. You. And every time like someone would try to get close to me um, or even my partner, I, I would be like, okay, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just trying to serve you and love you. <laughs> and I would put these walls up until I started to like face the demons and actually realize, I think that awareness factor of going, oh my gosh, I do this. Here's the trends. We need to like deal with this, which is so incredible that, you know, you're doing that now. Yeah. I, one, the one thing I asked um, one of my therapists, Warren, all the time is I like, why did it take me till 50? It's not like I haven't been to therapy or counseling. I pastored for 12 years. I mean, I went to counseling once a month. Like, why did it take me till 53 years old to learn this? Yeah. To learn it. I'm telling you, when she said that, Emily, it was like, oh, I, I started crying right there. And then literally went back just three weeks before. And I'm like, wow, this is why I do this. But what it did was it gave me the, it unlocked and gave me the permission to go, okay, you're on this self-help journey. I'm willing to grow and become the best version of myself already. Okay. Now I know what the issue is. So now, how can I find the right people to bring into my life to help me navigate this journey and help me become the best version of myself? And that's literally what I've been doing. I told everybody at my conference a couple weeks ago, I don't have one therapist. I don't have two. I have three. Yeah. I've literally got three therapists. Yeah. Two I see a lot. Yeah. One with my kids and then one for me. Right. But really, like, how can I, how can I become the best version of myself? And how can I take my story and share with people? Like last week, we're at our conference. John Maxwell, um, Les Brown, Ed Milet, yeah. Randy Garner, I mean, all yeah. my friends are there. Yeah. Lago, everybody's there. And I'm sitting there. Lauren shared, she did the last session on Friday afternoon, about 30 minutes, on trauma and triggers. And then I came up, we grabbed two stools and we sat there and we just shared just like we're sharing right now yeah. in front of over 300 people. Yeah. And I just shared my, there was not a dry eye in the joint. And I said, because a lot of people don't realize they have trauma. They I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. I'm, I, it was just, it was a part of life. Like you, you're like, a partner tries to get close. Whoa, whoa, whoa what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Absolutely. And then two things that I shared with on Friday that has really been something in my heart and mind over the past several months that I've really tried to share is if you have problems setting boundaries, like if you're in a relationship, and it can be an intimate relationship, it can be family, it can be business. If you have problems setting boundaries and holding boundaries, mm-hmm. or if you have a problem where you react, People go, what does that mean? You know, you go zero to a hundred. Just yeah, like yeah. Like so they say something to you and you're like, well, I'm getting triggered. Yeah, yeah. All the bells and whistles. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you react versus respond and respond is where you take a step back, you get grounded and you go, okay, well, this sucks on the inside. Mm-hmm. Like these feelings don't feel good. Mm-hmm. You can feel it mm-hmm. on the inside. But when you have the tools to understand how to control your central nervous system, yeah, oh, I'm not going to react. Completely. I'm gonna, and if you can't set boundaries, and you react versus respond, it is a sign that there's some hidden trauma in there that you have no idea that's there. Yep. Oh, completely agree. I um, talk a lot on something called the ACE test, which is a test that you take. There's 10 questions, and it's all questions around before the age of 18. So around trauma, did you watch a family member get abused? Your mom, did, did your did you have a family member go to prison? Did your parents get divorced? Were you sexually assaulted? And this is a test I have people go through. 
because I went through it. Yeah. And you, the higher the number, you really look at your, how it affects your health, let alone trends, you know, not breaking those generational curses. And it's so eye-opening. And if you really look at it, and when I have people go through the test, they're like, I have never out loud, I did this at our event last weekend, and I had a friend who I've known for five years, and she comes backstage, and she was like, Emily, I was an eight on the ACE test, which the highest number is 10. Anything over four, you're susceptible to disease, like just it, you know. And she's like, I've never told anybody what happened to me when I was seven. I have, she goes, like, this is, you're the first person I'm even telling this to. And what I said to her is like, when you have the confidence and the courage to go first, to get other people permission to do the same. And that's like what you're doing. And as a man, oh, that's beautiful. As a powerful man, a man that is, you're involved in business, you're doing deals left, right, upside, you know, like you're, you're running with some of the best names in the industry, you know, but you've just humbled yourself and you're opening up. Well, I, I think, the, I think the purpose in that is, is why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. My, my, one of my biggest, the book I wrote a year ago came from an, came from a, a, a huge moment in my life 21 years ago. It was my first stage I was ever on, about 9,000 people. And I speak behind John Maxwell. How'd you like your first stage you ever speak on to be in front of 9,000 people and you, John goes, and then you go. That, that, I, spoke, come I, on. I spoke behind John three times, two years in a row in my own conference. And I'm like, dude, you suck all the air out of the room. What's right. John Maxwell for Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get up and I speak. I'm 31, 32 years old. I'm like, I think I've got the world by the tail. My mentor speaks behind me. She, we get done and she goes, hey, do you want to go to lunch tomorrow? I said, I'd love to. We go to lunch and she sits down and she asks me this question. She goes, Ken, do you want to be significant or do you want to be successful? She said, because they're two vastly different things. And I was like, so it started a 20 plus year journey of understanding that significant leaders build others around them so they can win. Understanding my favorite Zig Ziglar quote, if I help enough people get what they want, eventually I'm going to get what I want. People who chase success, they use the people around them. Oh. And you can tell because they leave a trail of damage everywhere they go. And so it's like, why am I doing, what's the purpose in doing what I'm doing? Because here's the deal. We, we had an amazing weekend. We set a revenue record. We've never been in multiple six figures in one weekend. But the most amazing thing was I went home that night and I did crash quick. We talked about that earlier off air. I did crash quick because you know how it is when you do a two and a half day event. But I'm, but I, I'm laying there in, on my bed and I'm like, God, this, you're so good. Like the level of fulfillment at what I saw God do in the lives of all those businessmen and women, you cannot put a, you can't put a comma or a zero on your bank account and it equal that fulfillment. Right. And I tell people all the time, when you're doing this and your, your mission is to, and I say this all the time, you want something for people, not from people. Mm -hmm. And you really, you have a heart to really serve and love people. There's, there's, there's nothing that equals that level of fulfillment. Oh, so beautiful. I feel you. I feel you. And it's like when you operate from that place, Ken, it's such a high frequency. Love is the highest frequency there is. And when you're doing that in business, and that's how you flow, you flow instead of push, push, push. So does that flow always come natural to you, or did you have to learn that? Oh, there, no, I mean, you learn. I think you learn that. I think the the... 
I think the scary part about it is, is this, like we're out here. What do we go? What are we doing? Right. Like everybody wants to drive revenue. Right. Like I'll, and I, I say this a lot too, is like, I, I love to give. I had a call from a friend today. She's raising fifty-five or $56,000 for schools in South, in South America or Central America or whatever. She sent me the link. She goes, I'm $8,000 short. I said, okay, I'm going to do 500. Let me call my guys. Some, my six guys I have in my tent. Let me see if I can get your 8K raised. Wow. I can't do that if I'm not out being blessed, doing what right. I need to do. Right. I walked into a Waffle House one night a couple years ago at 1130 at night, and I just got to be playing basketball with all my guys. I walk in. There's nobody there. There's a, there's a, there's a, the waitress at Waffle House. Waffle House is not the best place to do if you want to lose 80 pounds, but I had egg, bacon and eggs. It was keto special. Okay, I was going to say, that sounds good. And so, so I, walk in, yeah. I walk in, and I get done, and... While I'm in the middle of my dinner, a guy walks in and drops three kids off to this to this waitress, the girl that was serving me. And I walk up and I'm paying the bill and I said, Hey, oh, was that your husband that walked you dropped your kids off? She goes, No. She said, My husband died in last month. My husband died last month. All he left me was these three kids. And God said, and I and I don't hardly ever have a ton of I have like two hundred and forty dollars on me. Yeah. And God said, give it all to her. Yeah. I'd already given her a good tip. And I just took the, I, they were all in 20s, and I just took them out, I put them on the thing, and I just kind of fanned them out. And I said, listen, God wants you to know that he loves you, and that he has not forgotten about you, and that he wants me to give this to you for your kids. It was like a week before school started last year. I watched that girl just begin to cry. She called her kids over there. And I, you can't do things like that no. if God's not blessing you. Yeah, it. yeah. So the purpose in me being blessed financially isn't just so I can have something nice. There's nothing wrong with nice things. Right. I love nice things. But it's not, that's just, that's not the end all be all for yeah. There is, it's return on mission, not necessarily return on investment. How can I impact the maximum amount of people and help them become the best version of themselves? Oh, you're a good steward. That's it. Good steward. So w when did you become a pastor? So I gave my life to Christ in August of 93. Okay. Um, two years later, I felt like God was calling me to do some ministry. I was uh, 27 years old. I was already doing a Sunday school class of high school kids. Um, I think I started that, that, that Sunday school class with, I don't know, half a dozen kids. We grew up to about 30 or 40 quick. I just had a natural connection to God had done such an amazing work in my life with teenagers. Um, started a youth ministry right after that with about another half a dozen kids and grew up to about 350 kids a week. Became one, I was one of the top youth pastors in the country, speaking on all the big stages around the country, doing my own national youth leadership conference. And so that was kind of the progression, you know, when I, when I made a commitment to be a Christ follower. And mm -hmm. it was just a, that's really where it's funny. People go, how did you become an entrepreneur? Yeah. It was that, it was that moment. It was when I heard my mentor talk about vision, mission statements, and BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious uh -huh. things at a, at a conference, uh -huh. literally at a conference. I heard him teach on that. And I, I sat there, I had this, um, those big planners, and this is old, this is back where you were probably, you would have been in my youth group back in the day. Huh. This would have been a 1999 or 2000. Okay, yeah. And so it was one of those big calendars. And I, I remember writing down mission statement, core values. And I remember writing down three years of a vision and goals that I had. Everything that I wrote down for three years, except for one thing came to pass. Everything. And that's when it's, that's when the power of vision and the power of being able to dream yeah. became real to me, aligned with a solid vision or mission statement and some core values. So I knew how to live my life. Yeah. 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 So then did like a business opportunity come 
not yeah, as so dark. I was traveling, so I did that for several years, and I was traveling with a friend of mine. We were doing motivational high school assemblies around the country. My buddy played in the NBA for a while. We were speaking about 300 to 325,000 kids a year. I mean, we were going wow. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, speaking in seven, eight, nine schools in front of thousands of kids. And then we would invite them to come out on Wednesday night. We'd partner with a local ministry or a local church or FCA. And we'd go to, like we did one in Georgia one time. We did it at, the, at the, one of the high school football fields. We had 5,000 kids show up. And we were having three to six, seven, 8,000 kids show up in every event we did. Like 50, 60% turnout. It was insane. And so we did that for a year. I traveled a ton and I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I got a, I got a two-year-old and a brand new baby. Got to stop. So I called my friend who was one of the top mortgage brokers. I said, dude, I need a job. He goes, come on, you can work for me. So I walked into his office. He handed me keys to a Lexus LS 400. He goes, there's your office. He goes, here's your first deal. This was more, I had no idea. I was going to say. No mortgages. I didn't know a 1003 from a 1008 to a respite. I didn't know anything. Right. And he goes, there's, the, there's your office. Here's your keys to your car. Anything you need, you let me know. And I made $146,000 my first year doing mortgages because I knew everybody. Yeah. And I knew how to take, I knew how to take care of people. Oh. Because it's not about, business isn't about. It's, it, so you can be transactional. Yeah. But that's tiring every day. Where am I going to go after my next dollar? Or you can be relational. And you know what? I'm going to, I love you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to serve your family. Yeah. And when you do that, in 2019 or 2019 or 2020, I finished seventh out of 3,700 agents in Georgia in the, in the largest um, real estate brokerage in, in Atlanta in the area. Seventh out of 3,700. Big award, you know, black tie event. I'm in the big deal and I'm getting my big award. And, and I sat down next to one of my agents and he goes, I want one of those. And I spent zero money on ad spend, none. Right. And he goes, Ken, how do I get one of, those, one of those awards? I said, you don't. I said, I've been adding value to people for 15 years. That's how I got that. That's how I got that award. That's how I became one of the top real estate people in the state of Georgia is because I add value to people and take care of people. Mm. It's not about the transaction. It's not about the check I get at closing. Yes. It's about how can I serve you and your family? And when you do that and you have that spirit, again, want something for people, yeah. not from people. Yeah. And all I did was take that same mentality from ministry into business and now into what I'm doing at GSD. Same thing. Was it weird for you to be like, whoa, now I have more money? Like, what was that like? Because I know a lot of people in the church world, like, yeah. it's a mindset thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it was weird. I had to figure out. Because, you know, you go through, because I grew up poor. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with nothing. Same yeah. mom. Yeah. Food stamps. Same. Literally. Lunches. Yes. School. Yes. I mean, you're that guy. Yeah. And you don't want anybody to know. Yeah. Um, you know, it was the thing. It was like, okay, I had to go through all my my Porsche and my Denali and my Mercedes and all my watches. And I had to go through that phase to realize, oh, wow, none of this stuff is really going to add value. Even it's funny, last week I hired a new company to handle my Instagram. He's like, hey, we need to put your Range Rover on your Instagram. I said, bro, I'm not doing it. He goes, no, 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 man. People want to see how you live and they want to see your watch. I said, I don't do that. That's not who I am. The only time I ever put my Range Rover on Instagram, the only time, I've got a young kid in Birmingham, Alabama, where I live, who's, who de he comes to my house and details my cars. He's new. The, my other guy moved out of the area and recommended this kid. This was like a month ago. And he comes over, and I was like, how much did he tell my car? He goes, 100 bucks." I said, great, no problem. I said, um, just schedule like every two to three weeks, text me. And I said, uh, just give me your Venmo, and I'll Venmo you money. Then he, this is what he said. He goes, he goes, Mr. Jocelyn, he goes, I follow you on Instagram. 
I would rather you not pay me. I would rather you give me a ticket to your create conference. And I was like, what did you say? The kid's 22 years old. And I said, what did you say? And he goes, keep the, just, I'll take the, I'll take the executive ticket for 1500 bucks. And I said, I'll tell you what, let's do this. You're, you're a hundred dollars. Let's just do it 10 times. I said, I'll give you that ticket for a thousand. And I said, and he goes, will you, sh- I'll post it. Will you reshare it? I said, you better believe I will. See, only time I've shared my Range Rover on Instagram was because of that kid. And so again, it's not about, it's not about what I have, Yeah, which is great. And I hang around some very successful people. As a matter of fact, one of my friends had 11 companies successfully acquired by Warren Buffett wow. for an undisclosed amount that was about $8 billion. And he said something in my mastermind in November, and I'm talking about in that room, I don't know, a couple billion dollars in yeah. outs in that room. Yeah. Well, more than that, because he's more than that. Right. But just everybody else in the room, yeah. very high-level room. A lot of nine-figure, eight-figure, and seven-figure earners in that room. And I'll never forget when Vic was up teaching, and he said, the one thing that I've learned in the past 15 to 20 years from, he calls him Mr. B, and from all his other friends who are multi-billionaire guys, is rich is loud and wealth is quiet. Wow. Man, that room was like, can I mean, I've got, I've got guys in that have exited their companies for two, three, four hundred million. And you could have heard a pin drop. We had 44 people there. You could have heard a pin drop. And so I, so I really think that we're talking about wanting something for people, not from people. I think that's why what we do is really taken off the way it has because of the heart behind what we do. Yeah. It's not about you giving me money or you writing me a check. Yeah. It's about, hey, how can I put you in? Or a, when I call our, the three spheres of a relationship, mm-hmm. community, circle, corner, mm-hmm. how can I put you in my community or my corner mm-hmm. and give you access to the relationships that I have mm-hmm. and I know it's going to make a difference? Yeah. And people are craving what you're doing. They're craving real. Authentic. You know, we had this conversation off camera. Like, I truly believe they're obviously craving real, but depth, something more. And if you're willing to go there, what you put out, you're going to get back, which is exactly what you're doing. Now, okay, so I see every trajectory of your life, and now you're in this whole new stratosphere. And it's crazy. Like, have you just had to keep raising your financial blueprint, or did you just keep getting yourself better? Or have you ever had, you know, we all have peaks and valleys. Have you ever had, like, you know, income, like where you're stuck at an income and you had to, like, bust through a plateau? Of course. How do you do that? Give me your tips and tricks. Uh, It's always about relationships. Always, always, always about relationships. So two things. I've lost 82 pounds in two and a half years. Um, I know. I've been. It's, yes. it's been a journey. Gary Brecker. And I see you every day. Like, I have to tell you this on your Instagram. No, seriously. Yeah. I see you, bro. I'm sweating. Oh, you are sweating. But it's like, yeah, okay, go on. Because I want, I want yeah. people to know it's how I hold myself accountable. Yeah. So when I set that goal two and a half, three years ago to lose 66 pounds, the first thing I did was put it out on my social media and go, this is what I'm going to do. Here's a picture. Here's my scale. I'm going to lose 66 pounds. Well, how am I going to back out on that? Right. Some of you guys have got dreams. You've got goals and you're afraid to put it out in front of your community. You need to put it out there because it will hold you accountable 100%. at a level. Nothing else will. 100%. So nothing. Not only that. So when I hit 60 pounds, I moved it to 86 pounds. And now I'm, I don't know. I ate a lot last weekend. So I probably maybe down to 75 pounds. Yeah. So I've got about 25, 25, 30 more pounds. I was, I've been stuck for Three or four months. I mean, I haven't had any, but in that, but in that process and journey over two and a half years, you meet people, people come into your life. Gary Brecca, mm-hmm. 10X Health Systems, one of yeah. my really good friends, yeah. my mastermind. I met Gary, he goes, dude, you need keto. 
I started keto and I went from 50 to 80 in about four or five months. Uh-huh. And I don't, I'm not like crazy, like strict on what I eat and stuff now because I'm down 80, but I right. have more I want to lose. Yeah. But every day I post that my workout video or my workout picture and inevitably a half a dozen times a week, somebody will DM me or text me and go, dude, I wasn't going to go to the gym today. And I saw your ass in the gym. Oh, yeah. So I had to go get in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's encouraging. Living by example. Yeah. I always say that. I was even saying that with this show, with everything that it factor, because I'm doing my book and all that. And I'm like, I have taken people on the journey. I'm like, hey, I'm starting a new company. Hey, I'm doing this. And it's like the biggest accountability ever. Plus it's attraction marketing because they're following your lead. Your leadership is everything. And you're just going first, going first. Um, when it comes financially, has it been the relationships that have gotten you to think bigger yeah. deals? One of my made? best friends is sitting in the studio with us right now. This year, we sat we sat at his house in Calabasas. I shared the story. I shared the story on Friday uh, at my conference. We sat on the we sat outside, and he goes, "What's your goal this year?" I said, "I want to make a million dollars." And Jeff leaned across the table and he put his hand on my knee and he goes, "A month or a week." I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I said, I want to do $5 million in revenue in my company. I personally want to make a million dollars. Yeah. And he leaned across the table again. He said, a month or a week. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my God. okay, <laughs> I got you, bro. Listen, just let <laughs> yeah. me catch up with a yeah, million yeah. a year. Right. And then I'll get to the million a month and yeah. a million a week. Yeah. But you have to have people in your you life that, will, that won't let you settle for what you think is thinking be. So one thing I learned from Grant, I mean, Grant and I have close, we've been close for three years. Love him, hate him, whatever, sometimes. Grant does stuff, and I'm like, dude, that's stupid as hell. I can't believe you did it. Yeah. But, dude, he has taught me how to dream big, mm. how to look and go, mm, you know what? No, I'm going after that. Yep. And yep. When you And when you do that and you start seeing those things come to pass and you start seeing the ripple effect of the lives that are changed around you mm-hmm. because of you dared to dream bigger you than dared. people. You dared. You you dared it. We're gonna get a hankies. I, I know for nothing. I know. Yeah. I mean, when you dare yeah. dream big, it doesn't just affect you. It affects all the people around you. And you know, you do have, you do get stuck in finance. You get plateaued. Yeah. You get I'm I'm working this conference. It cost me three hundred thousand dollars. I'm down to to almost nothing in my accounts. And I'm like, oh God, what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. I pick the phone up and I call Vic and I'm like, dude, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm stuck. And he gives me a couple pointers and he's like Okay, dude, what have you thought about this? You thought about this? And I'm like, no. Well, then what I did was I went back and I went, ha, let me find a way to make this happen. And I did. Mm. And he didn't give me anything. He didn't write me a check. What he did was give me the space to be able to go, dude, you can, you can make this happen. Yep. Here's a couple ideas for you. And I went and figured it out and made it happen. Mm. And it catapulted us into the biggest financial revenue yeah. month, weekend, week we've ever had. Well, you took this massive risk that uh, most people would yeah. never take. Yeah. You put yourself out there on many different levels. You had some of the biggest people in the space come in and speak on your stage. You put yourself out there, like masked off. You're like, this is who I am. You know, financially, you did all these things, and it's like most people are not willing to go that far. And it's like the ripple effect because you took that chance. That's God's favor on your life, and I feel like it's just going to keep exploding. And, you know, a lot of people listen to this show that are entrepreneurs, whether they're having an event in their living room. That's okay, guys. That's where I started. Okay. Or, you know, a a hotel event or whatever. They want to create a community. 
you know, there's so much to it, but what would be a couple lessons that you've learned in running events now, mm-hmm. like some tips, tricks along the way? Because I know now that we're in a new a new um, time where we can do things again, people are thinking that way. And it's like, there's a lot of scarcity around it. Yeah. I would say this, it, it's again, I just missed it. It's always about relationships. Yeah. In the bottom lot planner that I created, there's a quote that's printed on every page. And it's get in rooms with people who think bigger than you do. You've got to find the people that are doing. When I pastored 20 years ago, when I was a youth pastor, I had everybody on my staff, my worship guy, find the three best worship guys in the country dealing with high school students and build a relationship with them. I don't care if you got to say, listen, I'm going to fly out and I'm going to take you to lunch. I'll give you $100 for an hour of your time. Yeah. What does it take for you to be able to get around those people and yeah. serve their vision? I, I brought all, I've got a text thread with six guys in it. Me, my buddy, Master Jeff, who Forbes Magazine calls the Tony Robbins of Persia. Does huge, huge. thousands yeah. and thousands of yeah. people in-person events in Dubai and in Malaysia. I've got him, my buddy, Brian Covey, who's a senior vice president of Revolution Mortgage, like $5 billion a year. Gary Brecka, Randy Garn, Brent Gove is one of the top guys in EHP, 30,000 agents in his downline, and Vic Kelf. Those are my guys in my text thread. Oh, that's a good my check thread. Can you, I get in on that? Yeah. Like it's impossible. It's just raised three little. Yeah. I mean, you you're like, oh, I'm I'm not very big enough. Yeah. Like I've I've got yeah. so you want to do events like that, you surround yourself with those people. And here's what I did last year. And I shared this for the first time in public at my at my event on Friday. So I had all my guys up. Randy came in on Saturday, so he wasn't there, but I had everybody in chairs sitting next to me on the stage. Except for Randy. So all the other five guys was there. Brian wasn't there because he was at his daughter's um, soccer thing in Auburn University. The other four or five guys were there and I had them sitting there. And I talked about people go, how do you get these guys in your life? How do you get a, how do you get a Vic Keller? I was texting Vic right before we walked in the door. Like, how do you get a guy like that to be friends with you? Mm-hmm. Number one, want something for them, not from them, period. Yeah. And then I took all of those guys in the, over the last year and I said, Listen, I want to be intentional was my word last year. I want to be intentional in our relationship. I'm, I'm willing to invest my time, my talent, and my treasure in your life to be able to build our friendship and take it to the next level. And they were like, what does that look like? I, the first person I called was Brent Gove. Brent does a, 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 the Build Conference in Dallas every year. Uh-huh. 4,400 people. Tony Robbins comes in. Dean, Gary Brecka spoke last year. I'm sitting on the front row. It's Jeff, me, Gary Sage, uh, Brett, Kathy, Dean Graziosi, uh, Randy Garn, yeah, and then the two Glenn billionaires, Glenn Stearns from Undercover Billionaire, and then Glenn Sanford, the CEO. That's the front row. That's I'm a good like, row. I grow, I'm looking at the front row going, I do not belong on this row. I literally looked at Jeff and I'm like, bro, I do not belong on this row. Yes, like, this row is powerful. I do belong. In but so we're, we're sitting there on this row, and Brent was the first person I called. And he goes, what does that look like? I said, my time, I'm going to visit you. I'm going to invest my time in spending time with you. Like Jeff here in Calabasas, I've been to his house a half a dozen times yeah. in the last year. Yeah. Like Brent Gove in Puerto Rico, I spent a week and a half with him back in May. We're going back in two more weeks. Like I'm going to invest my time. Randy going, I've been to Salt Lake City a half a dozen times. Right, right. I'm going to spend time with you so I can learn my time, my talent. What can I do to help you achieve what God's put in your heart? Who does that? Who comes to you and goes, Emily, how many, how many lady friends have come to you and said, Emily, what can I do to help your dreams come? 
come to pass. Some of you guys watch this show, you listen to her podcast, yeah. and you're like, how can I get close? Help her dreams become a reality, and she will pour back into you in ways that you can't even measure. So, so that's exactly what I did. Time, talent, treasure. I'm, I'm going to financially invest in what you're doing. Yeah. Brent, when's your conference? It's in August. Okay, great. How much is your most expensive ticket? Front row. 3900 bucks or whatever, four grand, whatever it was. I went online while I was on the phone with him and I bought the ticket right there on the spot. You mean you didn't want a free ticket? No, I talked about that last week too. <laughs> I'm talking about that too. People are like, hey, can you give me a discount? This oh, trust. I don't ask my friends for discounts. Yeah. And if somebody calls me and asks me for a discount, can I get on my soapbox? Yeah, you can. I'm loving this, by well, the way. Especially, especially in the world we live in yeah. of Instagram entrepreneurs. Some of the guys who go, oh, I've got a multiple seven-figure business, I'll call them. Hey, bro, if I name some names, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. Dude, you come to my conference. But I got Les Brown, surprise guest, nobody was coming. John Maxwell, Ed Milet, Randy Garn, Amber Lago, Carlos Reyes, Anthony Trucks, Master Jeff. I got on and on and on and on. And on. I mean, I got the best of the best. Yeah. Are you coming? Yeah, dude, what are your ticket prices? Great. 10K is my CEO, 5K, 14, 1,500, and four, 397. Yeah, I mean, can you put me down for one of those three ninety sevens, and can I pay you in two payments? Yeah, it's my bro. You were all over Instagram talking about you making seven figures, and you can't do a three ninety seven ticket. Be careful who you listen to Amen. on the internet. Um, so anyway, let me jump back. That was my soapbox moment. No, moment. it's so true. It drives me insane. So I, I get online with Brett, and I bought the whatever the highest ticket he had was. The next week, I'm on a Zoom call. With Dr. Rob Kelly, he's one of the top alcohol addiction doctors in the world. Um, Dr. Trevetti, he's one of the top NLP guys. And then Gary Brecker. We're on a Zoom call together. And this was about two months before GrowthCon last year. And I said, Gary, are you speaking at GrowthCon? And if anybody, if you know Gary Brecker, if any of you guys have ever seen Gary, he turns into a 15-year-old kid. Uh-huh. Quick. Yeah. Oh my God, Kevin, please do a Friday afternoon. Grant's giving me 90 minutes. I can't wait. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Are you coming? Yeah. I'm like, well, I wasn't, but I am now. <laughs> I literally picked my phone up and uh-huh. I texted Jimmy Morales, who's Grant CFO. And I said, hey, dude, I think I got some money on my account. Can I get a diamond seat? He goes, yeah, can you got 10 grand? I said, great, take that 10,000 and give me a diamond seat. Mm-hmm. And before I got off the Zoom call, I said, hey, Gary, I'll show Gary the text. I got a diamond seat. I'm coming. So when Gary came out of the shoot last year in Miami, dancing, hooting, hollering, fireworks are going everywhere. I was sitting on the second row. And as soon as he saw me come down, he gave me a high five and a hug. Why? Because I invested my time, my talent, my treasure in the Gary. I'm like, listen, I, I, I want to be in a relationship with you. And if I'm going to be in relationship with you, I'm, I'm willing to pay the price and do what I need to do to help you further uh, what God's put in your heart. Serve the mission. You serve their mission. You, like you, you truly are serving your friend's mission, which is so beautiful. Everything you just said, we could just package this up mm-hmm. and, I mean, this is it. This is it. And you have figured it out and you're living it out loud and God is blessing you for it. It's crazy. It's, cr- but- it's crazy, but it's not because yeah. it's like you have such a different mindset and mentality. And that's why you shook me when I met you. And I've never really told you that. But it was like, hey, let's do this podcast. And I was like, whoa, it was like three feet of, of heat, but in the most beautiful way, almost like shocking because most people say things, but they don't do things. And you were like, hey, you, you learned my story. You were like, I want to intro to you. This person, this person. It was like five seconds later, you put me on three-way messages with people. Um, and then it's like, 
we ended up, you know, doing Dean's podcast together. It's just how that all worked out. But you weren't just like, well, maybe I'll see you there. It's like, no, I have a spot for you at dinner. Like you're just, man, it's like that, that, that is your it factor. That's a huge part. (laughs) When When you're confident and you know what God's called you to do and you know who you are. Yeah. And you know that the relationships, listen, you steward, and for some people, stewardship may be a little different to you. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know what another word for stewardship would be. When you um, handle whatever you want to call, yeah. and you're responsible with the things God's entrusted you with, and that comes relationships are the same. So when I have relationships, just this week, Vic's about to launch Epic MBA, which is his, I mean, he's bought and sold more companies from 200 million to billions than any guy. He buys half a dozen companies a year and sells them from 208, the last one I think was 292 million. I had a guy call me last week, listen to this. The guy called me last week who signed up for my mastermind. He paid 50K for him and his wife. And he goes, Ken, will you coach me? I said, Trey, tell me what you need. He goes, well, we've got three or four um, drug and alcohol long-term centers around the Atlanta area. Uh We'll do about 15 million this year. We got a shot to get to 20. He goes, my goal next, we're gonna add another home. I wanna get to 30 million plus. And I said, Trey, I can coach you, but I'm not the guy you need. You need Vic. Because mm. I've never built a business at $30 million. Right. He's built into $3 billion. Yeah. The last one, he was a CEO for Berkshire Hathaway Automotives, $11 billion a year. Wow. You need Vic. Yeah. I could have said, yeah, dude, I can coach you. 50, yeah. 50K a year, 5K a month, 4K a month. And he would have he would have stroked me a check oh, right here on sure. the spot. And I said, dude, I, I can help you, but I can't help you the way Vic can help me. Yeah. So what I do, I pick my phone up. And I, and I connected him just like I did with you. Saturday, uh, a couple of days ago, I'm here in town with Jeff and another new friend of mine who owns, I think, $250 or $260 million in um, storage facilities from Chicago all the way to the Northeast. He manages it. He's worth tens of millions of dollars. And we're sitting there. He's already signed up for a mastermind. And he's asking me about Vic. We're at dinner at King's Fish House in Calabasas. I picked my phone up. I said, Vic, you need to know. You need to know Jeremiah. Jeremiah, me, Vic. Yeah. Boom, done. I just make the connection yeah. and I move on oh. because Vic can help him better than I can. Right. It, wow. That's some that's some integrity and how you do anything is how you do everything. That'll preach. I mean, for real right now. And like, I, that is straight integrity because most people like, and it's tempting to be like, not nah, just join, blah, blah, blah. Of and that's why it's like communicating, talking like, hey, is this a good match? And then, you know, I, I just feel like the the stance you have, the standard you have, it's like life is a ripple effect. And if they're not for you right now, maybe later. Or it's like life, because you treat life in relationships so good. Who does that? Not, does not that? a lot of people. So when you do that, what does it do? It leaves a lasting impression yeah. on you. Yeah. We're here today yeah. because you and I got connected on the podcast. Yeah. Dr. Rob Kelly, I did a podcast with Dr. Rob. And he, I said, we got done. And I said, dude, what can I do for you? He goes, what do you mean? What can you do for me? I said, what can I do for you? He goes, Ken, nobody ever asked me what they can do for me. Yeah. I'm the one that they always ask, can you do this for me? Right. I said, well, I'm not that guy. Yeah. I'm on the phone with Vic. I shared this on the stage the other day. I'm, I have a 15 minute call with Vic back in August. It turned into an hour and 27 minute conversation. Mm. I'm on the phone with a billionaire. This guy's a billionaire. Like legit. Yeah. Had got 16, 17 companies in his portfolio right now. Christensen Arms, Cantoni Furniture, owns his own, owns his own um, hedge fund, capital company. I mean, huge. He goes, what can I do for you? I said, dude, I don't need anything from you. No, I mean, I love what you're doing. I love your mission. How can I help you? I said, Vic, I don't need anything from you. He asked me like six times. 
the sixth time he said, you know what you can do for me, Vic? I've got my mastermind, uh, the first of November in Scottsdale. There's Randy Gallen, Gary Brecka. There's going to be some amazing guys there that you need to know that will help you in this new venture you guys are trying mm-hmm. to do. You need to come. He goes, great. I'll be there. I'll come. I promise you I'll be there for one day. Love it. Well, Sunday afternoon, he's doing dinner in Omaha with Warren Buffett. And he takes his jet and he flies down to our event on Monday. And he stayed the entire time. And he was like, dude, I've never been in anything like what you're doing right now. Right. Why? Because when he asked me what he could do for me, I went, dude, I don't need anything from you. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, there's nothing you have that I need. What I want to do is connect you with the relationships and the people that I have. Understanding that, I help you get what you want. Eventually, I'm going to get what I want. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's reaping what you sow. For sure. How do you do this um, with having kids? Haha. <laughs> well, my kids are a little bit older. I've got one. Yeah. You know, because, like, there's been times I'm like, Ken, come. And you're like, I'm, I'm with I'm my girl. I'm with my girl. And I was like, that's a good dad. Yeah. I'm like, that's a great dad. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a balance. It's a it's a tension. You don't always get it right. I have my yeah. daughter the first and third weekends. Uh-huh. Um, so those weekends, are they're, they're off limits. I canceled a trip to Hawaii last week because I couldn't get her. My time moved with her. And when I told her, she cried. She said, Dad, I didn't want you to give up your trip to Hawaii. I said, baby girl, I'm not missing my weekend with you. And she, and she and after that, she told me, she goes, Dad, you have no idea how much that meant to me. I've never been to Hawaii. She goes, that you would cancel your trip to Hawaii so you can come spend time with me. I'm like, of course. And that action, yeah. it's not even just the two days, three days. It's what it's going to do for her self-worth. It's real special. Great. <laughs> uh, for real. Uh, what's your, what's your like mission? What's next? Or do you feel like... Yeah, so like, we are, um, you know, the whole, our, I, I take tagline, the whole, what we do in our mastermind, our create conference, our community is we gather champions. Like I have got some of the most, not just successful human beings, I've got some of the most amazing human beings on the planet. Yeah. I'm talking about people who love God, Yeah, who are, who are, have character, who have integrity, Yeah, who love their friends, Yeah, literally would... My, just even the, in the past couple of weeks, my, my best friend lost his brother over in Iran. What did he do? I called him on the phone. We And I was one of the first, pre, well, first people he talked to. I said, hey, dude. I said, you okay if I share this on our group text? You sure? So I put it on a group text. Hey, guys, I just know Jeff lost his brother. And he's, 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 he's in a tough spot. Man, the, the, the prayers, the phone calls, the text messages, all the stuff from there. We're just, we're, we're, was our, was our circle of guys just gathering their arms around him going, do we, we love you. We care for you. We know this is, we, this is a hard time. We're here. Yeah. Tell us what you need. And you have to have those kind of people in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you've built it because you are it. You are who you attract. And that's why it's like your team is such, it is your whole tribe of who you surround yourself with is people of integrity and character and faith. And that's like evident. Evident. What do you think your it factor is? Authenticity. Um, you know, the first time Gary came and spoke, Gary Brecker came and spoke at one of our events in um, October of, wait, it's been a year, two years ago. Uh, I was at, we were at Bradley's New Space, Brad's buddy, and Brad spoke as well. And I'll never forget Gary got up and he talked about a scientific study about how we emit electromagnetic waves. And the, and the highest frequency we emit as humans is authenticity. And authenticity is coupled when you have a belief 
in a subject and a passion about a subject, a high belief and a passion. There's an authenticity that is emitted for you in electromagnetic frequencies, and it's also the most sought after. So why am I so transparent? And sometimes I kick it. Am I too transparent? Probably. Yeah. But you know what? I'm going to err on the side of, listen, guys, I'm going to pull the curtain back and you're going to see it. Because the majority of people on Instagram that go, look over here at all my shiny stuff that I've got, their lives are jacked. Right. They don't have what they say they have. And I, right. I mean, I've got, I've got friends who are taking pictures in other friends' cars yeah. and posting them on their stuff. And I, I called one of them. I do. Right. Like, that's not your car. You've got a brand new vet. Post your brand new vet. You don't have to post this other. Yeah. Like, be you. Just be real. Because when you're inauthentic, I'm telling you, people sniff it out. They do. A heartbeat. Yeah. And when you are authentic, which is why our tribe, our community has grown so fast. I mean, in two and a half years, we've put 300 people in a building. We've got 50 people in a $40,000 a year mastermind. How do we do that? Because what we do is different. Yeah. You want to stand out? Listen. You want to stand out and you want to be different, be authentic. Yeah. Be you. Don't oh. be afraid to be you. And listen, if you're on the process of growth and every single day you're you're becoming the best version of yourself, you're, it's okay because you're going to have rough edges. You're not. I'm still not perfect. You're not perfect. No. You know, be you. Yeah. Be authentically you. Yeah. And when you live that way, there's nothing to hide. It's it's, so it's the most freeing. It's so freeing. Yeah. I, we're, so, we're so similar because yeah. I'll just shoot it and i'm just saying that and i'm like i really just said that out loud yeah. like that's really what i mean and i don't really you know like that's you know but it's like when you're willing to go there it's so refreshing yeah. and people are our world especially in the entrepreneur self-development space they are so hungry yeah for the authentic yeah they are so hungry for people to be genuine and real they're like and listen i if you'll do that and you're in this space, you can make more money than you know what to do. That's what's up. You can't. I mean, literally, you can be blessed and make money. and Because people, for some reason, I think people have this misnomer that if I'm going to be successful and make a lot of money, I've got to put on an image and they yeah. can't really see who I am. Yeah. And not not in these, not no. these terms. No. You're doing it. Well, where can people find you? Uh, at Ken Jocelyn okay. on Instagram. Instagram. J-O-S-L-I-N. That's about it. Everything's linked from that. there. You're amazing. Thank you for your time, your transparency, your tips, everything. I'm blessed to know you, and I'm here for you. Well, I love you, yes. Love you. Thank you.